Hello and welcome to the Super Smith Brothers Fantasy Show. I'm JJ and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Tron. Greetings everyone. And today we'll be starting our positional rankings breakdown with the quarterback and the running backs. We're going to start with our tiers first with quarterbacks. Um, Alright, we'll start with um, my number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Dak Prescott. Number five, Kyler Murray. Number six, Jalen Hurts. And then number seven, Russell Wilson. Um, and I, of those guys, I'm going to talk about Jalen Hurts at number six. Now, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Jalen Hurts. I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with the end of the season that he had. Um, I'm really high on him, I think, because of his rushing floor. Um, his ability to score points with his legs. Um, and uh, people are worried about, you know, him not being able to pass. He has a good deep ball. And um, he threw for over 300 yards in two of his four starts last year. John? I mean, it's, it's simple math. Um, running quarterbacks score more when they run. And, you know, it's, 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 you get more when they run, and it just makes sense. If you see that value and you see that potential, you want to kind of you want to go for it. We had major success a few years ago drafting Lamar Jackson when, you know, nobody His MVP had him. Season. Yeah, nobody had him ranked, and we, we snagged him, and he, he basically won, you know, more than a few matches. Over a whole season, Hurts extrapolates. To like QB one overall ceiling, and where you're gonna get him in the eighth, ninth round, he's just giving you a lot of value. All right, I mean, I am pretty much in lockstep with my brother JJ. I got uh, first Patrick Mahomes, two Lamar Jackson, three Josh Allen, four Dak Prescott, five Kyler Murray, six is Jalen Hurts, and seven is Russell Wilson. So, um, the guy I'm really looking at here is Dak Prescott. Uh, was injured last year, you know, didn't, didn't really get much off, but I think it was telling how much the team was impacted when he wasn't on the field. And then you just you add in his previous body of work, and, and the guy has developed into a premier passer, period. And he's got the weapons. I mean... A glut of receivers. He's got Blake Jarwin who can catch a ball at tight end. He's got Ezekiel Elliott who can pass, protect, and catch. I mean, it's just it's an embarrassing wealth of, of, of tools and talent that he has around him. You know, I am I am far from a Cowboys fan, but I am a big fan of Dak Prescott. And I feel like in a few drafts, he's sliding down to where, you know, it's worth taking the shot on him. Um, I mean, do you have anything that you would like to add to that? I'll just say that, in, like, with all of our guys in that top seven, he likes to run, especially around the goal line, dude. He's going to give you a four, a five, six rushing touchdowns a, lot of a year. Annoying Owen owning Amari Cooper over the years. You'll get annoyed with him running it in there. But, um, yeah, embarrassment of riches. If he stays healthy, why would I mean, quarterback over one ceiling? All right, All right so, so JJ, now we got our next tier. Who do you got in that next tier? It's a pretty small one. For me, it's a two-person tier. It's uh, Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, my old man tier, as Tron would call it. Um, I'm actually going to talk about my next guy, number 10, Taysom Hill at number 10. And um, 
The reason I got him ranked so high is I have him, of course, winning the competition against Jameis Winston. I think with Michael Thomas being hurt, I think they're going to build the offense around him and the run game. I think that, um, once again, the rushing yards are worth double the amount of the passing yards. Same thing with the touchdowns. And he's going to be featured around the goal line. He just has a huge ceiling. Um, and if he starts every game, his floor, his week-to-week floor is good. His floor is going to be high, too. You're going to be at a weight. Right. You're going to be at a weight. You're going to be at a weight on this guy. You're not going to have to take him as a 10th quarterback off the board. And um, you're going to be able to enjoy the riches of taking other positions early. And, and that's, that's a very valid point. Where we had these guys ranked is not necessarily the order they are going to go in. So if we are particularly high on somebody, they may not be drafted to way after some other names, but we've, we've put them that high for a reason. Look, in, when you're going into your draft room, look at the rankings because this is usually what 90% of the people are going to use that are drafting. And they're going to blindly follow them. Yeah, so just look, find the guys you like, and take them a little bit earlier than the other rankings might have them. Do that way you know you have them. Because I'm telling you, dude, that's what most people use. So They've got their magazines out, yeah. and they're just going right down the list. Yep. So if you want to get guys, go down the rankings, target them. It's okay to reach in them drafts. You know where the value is, not them. All right. The next, the same tier, um, basically I just added one guy. It's uh, Stafford, Rodgers, and Brady. I don't have Hill in there. Um, the guy I'm going to take a look at is Matt Stafford. Uh, last year, you know, it's kind of a boondoggle for him, but that's all right. He's changed scenery to the Los Angeles Rams, and I feel like a lot of people are just tired of seeing his name, and he's sliding down to where you can get him at a very good value for what I think he's going to give you. I think he's going 12 or 13 quarterback off the board. Right? I mean, the guys, he's a bona fide lock it in and sign him up for 4,000 yards. That's, I mean, that's over with. We know he's going to hit that. It just comes down to how many touchdowns is he going to pass for. And you look at his supporting cast, and it is absurd. I mean, you're you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I mean, yeah, Cam Akers went down, but the receiving core and the O-line and everything in totality, it's the best scenario Matt Stafford's ever been in. And, uh, you know, so there's there's just so much to, to look forward to. And, Josh, what, what were you going to say? Oh. No, I was just – like like you said, um, He's the ceiling's high. He's never had a supporting cast like this. And let's not forget that Sean McVay went out and got this guy. This is Sean McVay's guy. He traded a lot of draft capital for him. Um, and I think that he's going to build the offense around him. I think you're looking at 50 touchdowns. I didn't ceiling. mention one key weapon that he has. Oh, if we a... did forget about Tyler Higby, of course. Yeah, he's definitely a weapon. With Gerald Everett on, he's going to do things. But All right, we're going to slide into the next tier. All right, I have Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, and Tom the Braid Brady. Um, and I'm going to talk about Joe Burrow in this tier. Um, you know, what uh, What can't be said about him? Um, this is going to be his second year. He was on pace for over 600 dropbacks last year. I think that's what they're going to do this year. The O-line is the same. 
Their line is the same bad. The defense is bad. They're going to be passing a ton. They went out and got his um, number one wide receiver from his record-setting season in LSU and Jamar Chase. Um, if there's one drawback on him, and the reason why we ha I have him ranked down at 12 is with the coming back from the ACL injury, he's not going to be as mobile. You're not going to have, you know, that 20 or 30 yards rushing and a possible rushing touchdown that you did have. So I'm more or less targeting the wide receivers, you know, more than Burrow, but still Burrow. But, I mean, you could look at maybe at the second half of the season, he starts to regain some of that rushing edge. So, I mean, as the, I feel like, uh, and this was something that J.J. brought up uh, pre-production, that um, he's going to get better as the season goes on. Absolutely, too. absolutely. I mean, as he gets more comfortable moving around with that uh, that, that reconstructed knee, I mean, it's it's it could get very, you know, very good for Joe Burrow. And you compare him. You compare him with a guy maybe that's Stack a little him. bit later, like Cousins or somebody who has an easy early season schedule, and um, start him for the first six to eight games, and then ride it with Burrow on the back end. There's so many creative ways you can do this at the quarterback position. That's why. That's why we're more apt to wait at that position than any other position. Because there's 32 starters in the yeah. NFL as well. And there's different guys that are breaking out every year. Every year. And you year. have backups, too. That are, backups? You got, like, guys that we'll start to, we'll talk about in a little bit, like Lance Fields, the rookies, Lawrence. So Absolutely. A lot of depth. In that tier, I have Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and then Cam the Man Newton. And um, I'm going to focus on Cam Newton I also feel like before I get into him, let's just talk about Justin Herbert real quick, real quick, <laughs> because everybody's got this guy ranked as what top seven. He's, right, he's going most of the publications. Top seven, eight. Read, he's going top seven, stuff. eight mock drafts. It's absurd. That we've been in. It's absurd. Um, JJ, he's got the facts and the figures, but you know, I just don't see him replicating some of the numbers he put up last year. I, I, he's going to be good. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but I don't think he's going to be as good as these other publications are making him out to be. He even started, his second half of the year, as defenses started figuring him out, he started to uh, that's um, true. come down a little bit. Um, also, with him, there's a new, with young quarterbacks, you want continuity. Uh, there's a whole new coaching staff in place. He's going to have to learn a whole new system again. Also, the two of the metrics that he was so good in, like under pressure, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but um, they're very hard to replicate from year to year, and I just Extremely feel like difficult. he is going, there's going to be some regression in that department, and if he doesn't get positive regression in the other um, departments to kind of carry it, then I, you are going to see an overall regression in his game. I just feel like where he's going, like he said, he's extremely overvalued. Alright, but I'm going to jump into why I now like Cam Newton. I like Cam Newton. I liked him last year and I was wrong, but that's okay. There's always redemption. We always love Cam. There's always redemption. There's always redemption, guys. He can run. Bill Belichick has been aching for a dual threat guy. It's just it's it's been clear through his drafting of other quarterbacks and, and other moves that he's made. He wants to, you know, experience that dual threat. 
And uh, from all the reports that I've read, Cam Newton is he's running away with the job right now. Mac Jones may be the heir apparent, but Cam Newton is the now. And we've said it before, and we will say it a million times more. He runs. And he vultures touchdowns near the goal line. Those are usually worth six, not three or four. So, I mean, I'm also a big guy that's, with uh, with players that have something to prove, and Cam Newton has a lot to prove, and he is ultra competitive, and I think he is going to turn that into a boon. I mean, he is he's a safe backup quarterback to draft that could easily smash into top ten territory. You gotta remember what we're talking about. These yeah, these are QB twos, and I mean, obviously, if you're not drafting, if you're not taking a quarterback, one of those top five guys. And then in that case, you're not taking a backup quarterback. You're going to take a backup quarterback, so you might as well take a gamble on one of these guys that have that high rushing floor, man, because rushing rushing yards is, is king, man. That's the cheat code in fantasy football, which is the game we're playing. This isn't real football. This is fantasy football. All right, now I'm going to run down my next tier, and it's going to start with um, Trevor Lawrence at 15, Ryan Fitzmagic at 16, Kirk Cousins. I'm... Kirk, I'm always underrated. Cousins at 17. Tua Twiglova at 18. And Trey Lance at 19. And I'm going to talk about Tua. And um, everybody was kind of let down by um, by him last year. I, I don't think the offense was built for him. You got to think of the weapons he had at that point. It was the banged-up Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, and some bum-ass running backs. Now he's got Jalen Waddle. Hey, 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 hey. maybe not too bummy. Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, um, to to pair with Parker. They say everything from training camp is he's been throwing that ball downfield. Um, where you're getting him once again, dude? This guy's got a QB one ceiling, man. So I mean, go out and draft him where he's going. Go I mean, I think the whole Miami Dolphins offense is on the rise. You look at who they have. I mean, I know that. JJ's not for Ohio. I love Mike Jacecki. Um, I think that I just think with the weapons, he's going to be phased out. Yeah, he may be phased out, but I think he can also be an integral part of that offense too. He could be the Absolutely. underneath guy. We know Jalen Waddles a do it all type of guy. We know that you know Miles Gas can catch the ball out of the backfield. I just like that whole Miami offense. They may not step into like this super offense, but I think they're going to improve, and I think. Tua and a couple other key players are, are really going to benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you 100% on that one. I just, there's two mat, many mouths to feed. I think when Gasecki was eating last year, I know this is a little off the subject, but when Gasecki was eating last year, man, there was nobody else to throw the ball to. This is true. But anyway. Man. We're going to go into my next tier, and that it starts with we have Trevor Lawrence, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, uh, Tua. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. And um, I'm going to touch on old uh, Fitzmagic here for a second. Um, He's got a lot going for him. This guy, is he's not afraid to step in there and sling it. Washington, I feel like, is, is at this point criminally underrated with some of the weapons that they have. You've got a solid Antonio Gibson coming out of the backfield. You've got Terry McLaurin. You've got um, a host of other receivers that can get the job done. Curtis Samuel, he's he's got that connection with Ron Rivera. So, I mean, the needle is pointing up 
for Fitzpatrick. He's always been a guy that could come in and produce right away. So I, I'm on board. I'm on board. It could be a, as a streamer. It could be as, as a reliable backup quarterback, as a late-round guy. But I do not think that Fitzpatrick is going to disappoint you for where he is going to be drafted or picked up in your league. you have any thoughts on that? I, I agree with you. I think he's going to—the only concern possibly with him and the reason why he's ranked down where he's ranked is because he is does have that gunslinger mentality. He will throw interceptions. Rivera may pull him. You may not see him for a couple of games, but I think he's going to start most of the games. I personally think he's going to start all the games. I think you've seen a new Fitzpatrick, and I think he's he is, he's the stop. He guy. he's one of the safest uh, values out there. You know what I mean? If you just totally abandon the position, because he's going to give you probably eight two eighty to three hundred yeah. yards a game, yeah, a touchdown, a couple two. touchdowns. They're going to be behind. Oh, their defense is good. Their defense is good, but I mean, still got a lot of. I agree. He's that gunslinger. He's gonna push the ball down the field. He's gonna have big weeks. I'm with you. Where where he's at, you're getting value. I have no problem drafting him. You're not gonna hear me complain about him on my team. All right, let's slide into the next tier. Uh, JJ, who do you got? All right, I got um, let's see, Lance Trey Lance at 19, Baker Mayfield at 20, Sam Darnold at 21. Carson Wentz at 22, then Fields at 23, Ryan at 24, and Newton at 25. That's I like Fields. All one tier. He's um, not in mine, but I like Fields. I do too. I just worry about when he's going to start this exactly year. Exactly, same thing. Yeah, yeah we're, get, we're getting there. sidetracked. We're getting sidetracked. But anyway, I'm going to talk a little bit about Trey Lance. Um, Shanahan, once again, you got that hand-picked. He hand-picked this guy. They they went in and used two first-round draft picks to go up and get him. Um, right now, he's not seeing any of the you know, first-team work. But, dude, eventually this guy's throwing the ball down for He's got – he is the new Josh Allen. I know people hate saying that, but this guy's got a cannon on him, and he, he'll run over you or by you. Um, he will see the field, I'm going to say, by week eight. Um and then it's all downhill. Once Shanahan knows he's ready, he's going to be on the field because he, talent-wise, he is eons ahead of Garoppolo. And you, th- these are the kind of guys you want on your bench, and you want to be able to plug them in the second half of the year and ride them to championships, man. Because some of these guys, you don't want to wait to try and add them no. on the waiver wire because nope. they're probably going to get drafted. Yeah. And then they might get dropped. They might get drafted and dropped. But if you draft them, you make sure you hold on to these guys, man. Because I'm telling you, they're going to return value. I've played, been playing fantasy football since 2002, man. Since I was in these, <laughs> these guys are going to return value, man. I wasn't man. in diapers. When we first started playing, a little bit side, side, um, side, story. side story. But when we first started playing, quarterbacks, when they would come in the league, you wouldn't get value out of them to the till year Second, two, year third, three. Fourth year. Now they're coming in, you're getting value. Same thing with wide receivers. You weren't seeing anything from wide receivers until like year the, three. Wide receiver, year three trip. And I think people forgot about that. We'll get into that when we get into our wide receivers. There's a couple guys we really like. But anyway, it's just crazy how the game's changed. Absolutely, it's a absolutely. Game. It's become a total passing league. Um, For my final tier, I rounded out at my top 24. So for a 12-team league, that gives you two deep. At the position, uh, at 21, I have Baker Mayfield from the wonderful city of Cleveland. 
Daniel Danny Jones from the Big Apple, uh, Trey Lance, and uh, big old Ben uh, catching the bathroom stall Roethlisberger. <laughs> Everybody forgets about that. Well, I mean, he's very forgettable. He's a rape. Well, yeah, I don't know why they would forget about that. But, um, <laughs> the guy that I, I want to talk sued. about. <laughs> Uh, whatever. I mean, that, you can't get sued for something that was that was that was proved true. I mean, it's not slander if it's true. But anyway, he's my twenty fourth quarterback. Uh, I want to talk about Baker Mayfield and old Danny Jones. Look, look, hold on, just trying to me cutting one. Look, man, we're drafting these guys for their their abilities on the field, man. Some of these guys are scumbags. We do not, and not endorse yeah. their personal behavior. Yeah, some of these people are scumbags. I mean, we could do an episode because some of these guys are scumbags. On just NFL bad yeah, behavior. they're scumbags. But they yeah. could do an episode on our bad behavior, uh, yep. I'm sure. And there's also good guys, I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. We we're, just we're like We're drafting for their fantasy value, not for them. their moral uh, compass. He's a piece of shit. Um, okay, so Baker Mayfield... The quarterback from Cleveland, now he's got a limiter on him, and the limiter is known as uh, Stefanski. He's a run-heavy guy. But there's there's room for optimism with Mayfield. Beckham's coming back. The team as a whole is improving. Uh, they finally have tasted some success. Maybe that encourages Stefanski to open that up the That O-line, label. too. You know, the O-line is, is, has, has really turned the corner and become quite impressive. So, I mean, maybe... And this is a big maybe, but maybe he opens it up. And then if he opens it up, I mean, Mayfield may, may slide into the bottom end of, of, you know, the top 15. Who knows? For right now, though, let's just say that he's a, he's a safe, low-end backup quarterback who could have very good um, weeks. He's not going to do much with his legs, but uh, he could be a touchdown guy. And then you got Danny Jones, who... Um, I feel like is 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 gonna is gonna turn it around. They've always had health problems in New York. It seems like um, now they have Jason Garrett problems. Yeah, Jason Garrett problems. That's that's a major problem for a quarterback for sure. Major but, problem um, for an offense. For an offense, yes. No, this is true. But I'm just looking at some of the people he has here: Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, a healthy, soon to be healthy, Saquon Barkley. And, uh, you know, it's not the strongest division he's, that he's in. It's getting stronger, but it's not the absolute strongest division that he's in. It's shit. It's shit, Tron. It's, we know it's, it's shit. shit. Yeah. I mean, we're Eagles just, fans, Eagles so we're not going to say it out loud to too often. a little bit, but yeah, the NFC East is for shit. And um, the other thing that gets played down a lot about old Danny is the guy is lanky and ugly and everything else, but he can run. He can, dude. He had over 400 yards. I was actually going to comment on like, that, too, uh, if, if you want to sleep on somebody, this may not be the one. Like, you know, he could turn around and have four touchdowns and 350 yards on the ground, and that right there is has given you, you know, a, a few points a game boost. So those are the two guys I really wanted to look at. And, um... So, I mean, do you have any broader thoughts on the position? Um, just, like... Go ahead. Just like, um, just like what you said, um, I feel like there's no reason. It's nice to have those luxury guys, those top four or five guys, but there's no reason to waste a top, you know, five 
round pick on one of those guys, man. Yeah. Go as we get further, go running backs or even receivers. You can wait and get value at quarterback. That's basically where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. You can wait and get value. If you are gonna jump, it 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 doesn't really matter which one, man. They're all gonna be pretty good. Yeah, but it better be one of them. Yeah. Don't 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 jump for for you know somebody like we like Jalen Hurts, but I wouldn't jump for him real high. You know that's the reason why you know we we like him as much as we do is that he could fall and you could get a, a top five production out of a guy that falls. That's going to be our overriding sentiment about the quarterback position. You got to kind of wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Um, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. Was it good? Um, yeah, no, just, uh, crap. I forgot what to say. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Super Smith Bros. Fantasy Show. I'm JJ, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Tron. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Greetings, everyone. And today we'll be starting our running back rankings breakdown. All right, so the running backs appear to be pretty top-heavy, um, as has been the trend the last few years. So uh, it's it's my general opinion that um, they're really the lifeblood of of a winning fantasy team. I mean, you can maybe get by with average numbers, but but subpar numbers are rarely going to get the job done. Um, it's just because there's they they can just have score so many points, like they can be focal points of the offense, and the top ones are just truly elite. And um, it's best to go after them with your early picks. And I think also I like to just touch on that the position scarcity, like he said at the top, there's such a big drop off after you know your top fifteen to eighteen backs, and even in tiers there's steep drops off drop offs. And I think in any other position, you have to start two of them, and it just it's it's just a it's the most shallow position outside of tight end. It's been the way of the league to to slide to running back by committees, which while in reality may work great, um, they really nerf any fantasy value that you know an otherwise really talented back come out of. One of the classic examples was. Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, if you remember uh, when they were with the Carolina Panthers, who yeah. just kind of limited each other in such a way that if one of them would have carved out the majority, well, I mean, they had that one good season where they ran in tandem, I understand that, but for the most part, they limited the amount of production the other one could have because, I mean, they were essentially, it was almost a 50-50 split. Right. But, I mean, so that that's just, you know, also going into positional scarcity. And very rarely you just you don't have they're the true bell cow backs that we used to have in the they're late '90s, early 2000s. They don't even exist anymore. The guys we're calling bell cows, these or guys like are getting snap chairs that are like in the 85 percentile. These guys were on the field because they're the catching the ball. Yeah, but that's the yeah. biggest difference. And they're on the field more than anyone else. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna um dive right into it. JJ, uh, how are you looking at the top end of this running back pool? What's right. your first tier look like? Our first tier is gonna be three deep. I'm gonna have McCaffrey, of course, then Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. Um, really about this tier that I think um they pretty much speak for themselves. Their track records. Um, McCaffrey is a do-it-all freak. I mean, since he's been in the league, 
I mean, his per game numbers are just out of control. I don't have them in front of me right now, but um, he's just overall the number one player in fantasy. There's no doubt about it. The Cookie Monster just continues to churn out productive games when he's on the field. He's a focal point of that offense, and as is Derrick Henry. You know, I mean, he doesn't have the receiving chops of McCaffrey or Cook, but he's also he's running the ball a whole yeah, hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, top three for me looks exactly the same. McCaffrey, Cook, then Henry. Um, the uh, the main thing I would like to highlight would probably be the fact that it's kind of like a premium floor type of deal with these three. We know that if they are healthy, they are going to... And a know, premium ceiling. Yeah, I mean, a premium ceiling as well, but really what sets them apart is the premium floor. I mean, No doubt, no doubt. I was just throwing that in there. I mean, because we could go down the line, any of the other guys could hit that premium ceiling, but these guys, at the very least, I mean, they're the safest, and they're also are, are likely I any agree. three of them to be the top guy I agree, John. I agree. in the position. So... Um, outside of that, that's where things get interesting. And, JJ, who do you have in your second tier? How big is it? And who do you want to talk about? All right. Well, my next tier, we're going to start with Zeke at four, Aaron Jones at five, uh, Kamara at six, Saquon Barkley at seven, and one of our personal favorites, um, Austin Eckler at eight. And I'm going to just touch on Eckler. Um, once again, man, receiving running backs are the cheat code just like running quarterbacks you want these guys that can catch the ball and outside of Alvin Kamara there's PFF doesn't rank anybody higher than Austin Eckler you know what I mean this guy you go across all the advanced metrics man he is a monster I think he's in a position we have uh, Joe Lombard who's the offensive coordinator for the Chargers he was the uh, quarterbacks coach in the Saints he's going to bring that type of offense here, I just feel like he could have those Kamara. He has a Kamara-like ceiling in that offense. If he stays healthy, all systems are go. I'm going to try to have him on as many as my fantasy teams as I can. I've already drafted him on the one team I have drafted so far, along, I mean, along with Aaron Jones. But um, Because he's, he's, he's 1,400, 1,500 total yards plus an inked for... You know, 90 receptions. From, from 8 like. to 8 to you know, 12 touchdowns. I feel like you can... In, in, a lot of people are undervaluing him. Well, that's the one knock on him is that they don't. Nobody gets used less in the red zone than him, dude. But that's his. I don't think he's going to score a ton, ton of touchdowns. Like maybe his ceiling is ten touchdowns, but he could catch ninety balls, and that's <laughs> when you're playing in PPR leagues. That's Half just point as good. PPR, anyway, even a full. You got yeah. most. There's a lot of full points, dude. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Even yeah. even at that even a scale, half point, yeah, you it's still, still want worth him. it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so my next tier runs um, fourth. I have Aaron Jones out of Green Bay. Fifth, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Sixth, I have Saquon Barkley. Seventh, I have Olsen Eckler. Eighth, I have Joe Mixon. And ninth, I have Alvin Kamara. That's a nice size tier, Tron. I like it. Yeah, no. Um, that is a mashup, man. They're all really on the same level. That's a mashup. It's yeah, a I'm mashup, not going to argue with you on mashup. that. I'm not going to argue. With and uh, I, I like the touch on a couple guys, but um, first and foremost, uh, we talked about Eckler. I want to talk about Joe Mixon. Um, Monster. At this point, yeah, I feel like he's criminally underrated. 
he has a clear path to being a bell cow back now that Gio Bernard is not in the picture, siphoning as many pass catches. I'm sure they have somebody in line for that type of role. I'm wow. sure they have someone envisioned, but I, I still feel Mixon is going to get more of those than he ever has in the past. And um, like he's just, he's a talented player, and I feel like that's an ascending offense. And so it, it, he's going to be a very interesting guy. I feel like if he stays healthy, he's got top 10 easy potential. I mean, top five is not with outside of his grasp either if he if he shows oh, out. Oh yeah, he is he is definitely has top five potential for sure. Um the big thing is I think people have been burned with him with the health issues throughout the years. But like I said, man, like they're so hard to predict from year to year and this guy's in a great offense. He's a, a great athlete. He is criminally underrated as a pass catcher. And with Bernard going there's no one else that's going to get that work. I think he's going to get that receiving work. Once again, we already talked about Joe Burrow is going to probably drop back 650 times. He's going to get targets. He's going to eat. And he definitely has a pathway to that. We have to take a brief moment to talk about uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, read recently that he's eyeing the opener. What is the more realistic timetable that we're hearing on that, J.J.? Um. Um, no later that, than game three. He just came realistic. off the pup. He just came off the pup. Um, they're uh, no later than game three. They're saying they're gonna eat. Look, man, they're gonna ease this guy back. He's probably not gonna get if he starts week one. He's not gonna get a full competition of touches. I mean, and do you really want him to? Do you want him to get hurt and re-injure something very early? I think you're taking him and you're with the intention of riding him on the back end of the season as he really starts getting back into peak form. I, I mean, Barkley, I, I have him ranked seventh. I, I'm going to take him, if he, especially if he falls into the second round. Once again, people get scared of injuries this time of year. Don't be as afraid unless you hear really bad news, like the guys Pretty had homes. setbacks or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do your research on that, kiddos. Yep. But, uh, so yeah, so that'll wrap up the tier two. Um, walking in the tier or right. third tier, I who are you looking at, JJ? I got number nine, I got Nick Chubb. Number 10, I had there's Mixon. Number 11, Najee Harris from Pittsburgh, the rookie Ooh, from Alabama. Sexy. 12, Antonio Gibson. And 13, Jonathan Taylor. I want to talk about, uh, Najee Harris a little bit. Um, the Steelers. Uh, Tomlin likes bell cow backs. He, uh, you're looking back towards Le'Veon Bell and then James Conner. He wants to ride the one-back system. He didn't really have it last year. Conner was banged up. They go out and they spend a premium first-round draft pick on this kid. Now everybody's talking about their O-line is shit. Look, if you go to the, the, the bottom, the top, the bottom five O-lines rated by PFF and you... Two of those five O-lines, those guys were top five running backs. It doesn't matter in fantasy, man, if they're getting the workload. it's We're all about workload, and Najee Harris is walking into a huge workload. The guy can catch the ball. Uh, there's not really a whole lot of tread on them tires, and I think that Tomlin is going to ride that mule into the ground. Tomlin has shown the propensity to ride backs when, when you know. I mean, look no further than Le'Veon Bell. And, and then James Conner later. Like, I mean, he... He has a propensity. He wants to use the one-back system. He's a one-back guy, and I think that Harris has a very high ceiling. 
All right, uh, for my tier three, I've got 10 for, uh, and that's Nick Chubby Chubb. Uh, 11th, CEH, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 12th, uh, Dave Montgomery. I'm a little higher on him than some people. Uh, 13th, Jonathan Snailer, I mean Taylor. And then um, for 14th, I have Antonio, no, I have Najee Harris at 14th. And at 15th is Antonio Gibson from Washington ending my tier. Sorry about the mix-up there, guys. Guys and gals. Um, I mean, just a brief look. Uh, I'm, I'm high on Montgomery. You know, we can talk about that maybe later if you want. But uh, the guy I want to highlight is Antonio Gibson. Um, he, he had a pretty solid uh, rookie season. He had, you know, five weeks where he was a top 10 fantasy running back. I mean, he hit pay dirt, I think it was 11 times. So, 12. I mean, 12, 12 total. Yes. Maybe it was 11 rushing. I think it was 11 one. rushing to 12. You're right. Neither right. here nor there. Sorry, I, um, wasn't, I wasn't trying to correct you. No, you're, you're fine. Um, he had uh, two, around 240, I think it was 247 receiving yards. So, I mean, he was. it's not like he's a, he's a non-factor in the passing game. But um, I feel like his role is going to continue to expand. Fitzpatrick is also going to keep defenses more honest, I feel like, than they were last year because he can actually throw the ball and make passes, NFL-level passes. So um, I really like Antonio Gibson. I know he's at the bottom of that tier, but I think maybe if you can snag him as a uh, high-end you know, running back three or a low-end running back two, I think he could exceed those results. Um, and we got to talk about Jonathan Taylor real well, quick. Um, as, as far as Gibson goes, when he let's remember, he was a wide receiver. He was used as a wide receiver more than anything else at Memphis. He's still learning the position, too. So this year, yeah, I think as he learns the position and um, gets to know the position a little bit better, I think, yeah, you're going to see him blossom more into the running back that he can be. Um, also, I think they're going to expand his receiving load, too. Fitzpatrick has been known to completely freeze out uh, running backs. If you look back through the stats, he's not. He doesn't pass to him. But I think it's a part of the offense. So I think Gibson will be used. Jonathan Taylor, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um, Jonathan Taylor, uh, he's ranked a lot of higher by a lot of publications that we've seen, a lot of people that are drafting him in mock drafts. Um, what are some potential pitfalls you see with Jonathan Taylor, JJ? Um, we know about the um, injuries and stuff with Carson Wentz. He's out for five to twelve weeks. And Nelson it's just a guard, so who cares? Um, but I mean, those those are both significant injuries, and it's going to affect the overall offense. Um, and also the workload, the workload situation. Let's be clear about one thing. Quentin Nelson is not just a guard. <laughs> Quentin Nelson is a, is a focal point of that offense. The guy is a top line. He's an all pro. Offensive bro. lineman. I mean, he's a, he's a freak. He right. really sets the tone. So losing him and Wentz is big. Also, let's not forget that Indianapolis loves to 
hand the rock around. They like to ride the hot hand. I mean, Marlon Mack is not gone. Naheem Hines is still going to be catching passes. He's going to be a part of the offense regardless. I mean, he's no going to have his workload. So we're not saying that Taylor is completely without worth. We just do not. We think there's a lot more risk involved with him than a lot of critics or people that are drafting him so high realize. I mean, yeah, he... He has a very high ceiling, but the floor is 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 ugly. That yep is and ugly for how high he's going. It's ugly. I'm not I'm not gonna mince words. I think people are just zero in on those last like six games where the he prisoners really, of the moment. Where he really yeah exactly Tron where he really just ran over. But these are bad run defenses. Green Bay, Houston. You know what I mean. This is not something that. You know, necessitates you know him continuing that throughout the next year. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. And that's why we both have him. Down we think he'll have a solid season, but we think it's going to be more. If you can get him at the end the of the second teams. round, yeah. yeah, you can get him at the end of the second round. That's he's a running back too. Great. Yeah, he's a running back too. Low end, in my opinion, but he's a running back too. I mean, rankings wise, no, he's a high. I guess end. that makes him a high end. I'm an idiot. You're not. But I I just. Either way, moving into the next tier. This is the fourth tier. JJ, how do you run it? Um, I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mike Davis. Sorry, that was 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. And I'm just going to touch on Mike Davis. Uh, with with him, we saw what he was able to do with, with RB1 usage in Carolina last year. You know what I mean? He's... Once again, he signed with Atlanta, guaranteed money. Um, they didn't draft anybody. They, I think they signed an undrafted guy. Um, so he's going to, I think he's the number one overall on that offense. Not a super exciting offense, but Arthur Smith's there. And you got to remember Arthur Smith, you know, tailored some pretty good offense around Derrick Henry. Now, Mike Davis will never be confused with Derrick Henry. But if we can even get a somewhat similar workload, I think you're looking at where he's going in drafts. You know, uh, six round and ten team leagues. I think he's he's a great value there. I think you can return, you know, high end RB two, low end RB one value. You know, especially if Atlanta's competitive. You know, what I mean, which I mean, look at Todd Gurley last year for half the year. I mean, he was a startable guy. You know, for the first half of the year, scoring all those touchdowns. So, I mean, if he can, Mike Davis has way less tread on his tire. So. Okay, All try. right, my tier reads as 16th, Chris Carson, 17th, J.K. Dobbins, 18th, Miles Gaskin, 19th, Josh Jacobs, 20th, Mike Davis, and that ends the tier for me. Guy I'm going to highlight is going to be Miles Gaskin, uh, that is the running back out of Miami. He was a bit of a bum out of the gate last season. Um, I think the first four games, he was, he was far from exceptional. But near the end, he really started to put it all together. And what really stands out is his receiving ability. And just run down some quick numbers. He had an 87% catch rate. And he did finish with 388 yards on 41 receptions. So, I mean, 
if if he can if he can stay healthy and in the lineup, we could be looking at a a poor man's Alvin Kamara. And in an improved offense, too. in let's an improved not, offense, let's not get lost on that. There, they've oh. added a lot of good weapons there. As a rusher, he's a little bit unproven. He didn't look, you know, particularly phenomenal. Average about four yards a carry, nothing crazy, you know, about what's to be expected. But uh, I really like him. I think he has the the talent to maybe crack in the top fifteen, even the top twelve, if he can really put a full season together. All right, moving into the. I fifth agree. Tier. I agree with you on that one too. Moving into the fifth tier, JJ, who do you have? Okay, I have um, DeAndre Swift at nineteen, Darrell Henderson at twenty, Miles Sanders at twenty one, and. Uh, the second part of Nick Chubb's Thunder and Kareem Hunt's Lightning. And I'm going to highlight of that pair, I'm going, of that four, I'm going to highlight DeAndre Swift. And the reason I'm going to highlight him is because of his receiving abilities. Once again, we like the two cheat codes. Uh, we like running quarterbacks and running backs who can receive. And uh, DeAndre Swift is already in just his second year, probably one of the top receiving backs in the NFL. Um... I think they're going to use him. He now look. Um, Jamal Williams is there, and there are some workload concerns with him. But um, I think that receive that weekly receiving for this is a team that's not going to be good. They're going to be passing a lot. Um, you got Jared Noodle Arm, Jared Goff. He's going to be doing a lot of dumping off to them tight ends and to them running backs. So I think you know Swift is good in space, and I think he does have a high ceiling for a guy that you're getting. And you're getting him around here in the late teens, early 20s. He's got a high ceiling for somebody that low. That offense is even passable. He's got top six upside. So, Absolutely, absolutely. My tier runs as 21st, DeAndre Swift. And then I have 22nd, Chase Edmonds. 23rd, Ronald Jones. 24, Miles Sanders. 25, Kareem Hunt. 26 Raheem Mostert. So there in the last two, you see guys that are there. They could be in running back by committee, could be, you know, looking for a larger workload in Mostert Hunt. Um, but they both give you a pretty solid floor to go with, you know, what they got. But the guy I want to highlight will be Chase Edmonds out of Arizona. Um, he has been... I believe he's been cemented as the depth chart running back one at this point. Um, Kyler Murray runs that offense. We know that they have receiving threats, so defenses are going to have to play him honestly, and he is, once again, he's heavily involved in the passing game. You see the trend he's, there? There's, there's. I mean, it's, 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 we're looking at 53 receptions. 400, just over 400 yards, and four touchdowns. So, I mean... That's your floor on the receiving with that, too. I think that's your floor. That's the absolute floor with him. For his if receiving, he, If he yeah. starts 14 of the 16 games, that is an absolute floor. If he starts 14, if he misses two games, I would say he's probably going to end up with around 600. 600, around six 700 yards receiving. I mean, just because that's the kind of rolling, if he chips in another 400 and 500 rushing, you know, you're looking at a total of around 11 to 1,200. I think Connor is going to play that Kenyon Drake role in that offense. And that's he fine. is going to get... Edmonds is, is going to catch a lot of balls. I think he's going to have oh. a, 
a few more carries than he did last season. So I think it's very conceivable the guy ends up with, Absolutely. you know, a total body of work, six touchdowns plus over 1,200 total yards. That's that's running back two stats, yeah. just about. I mean. I can, I can get on board with that. Where you're picking them, yeah. All right, so now we're moving into tier six, and the water is getting a little murky. How do you see it? I got uh, Josh Jacobs at 23, where I'm picking back up. I got 24, Miles Gaskin, 25, Javante Williams, 26, Damian Harris, and 27, Raheem Mostert. And I'm going to, um, I like Javante Williams a lot in this tier. Um, I think this is, now this is a longer, for your redraft leagues, this is a longer play. Um, he's not going to start week one. Melvin Gordon is the RB1 in camp right now. But um, this guy breaks tackles. This guy is a truck. And um, I think when he does get on the field, he's not going to get back off. Fangio is a defensive coach. I, and they're going to, I think this fits his mentality as a coach. Um, and I just think that, uh, once again, where you're getting this guy, man, you might have to stash him for a few games. But I think at the end of the season, he's a potential league winner for you. Um, you got anything to add on Williams, Strong? Williams, no. I, the, the basic sentiment there, I believe, is correct. He's going to come on a little bit later because I think right now they've cemented Melvin Gordon as the number one. But, um, I mean, that's that's. I think it's going to be a running back by committee there, and I think he's going to eventually be the hot hand, and he's he's going to – he could be a guy that, that leads you through the playoffs as a running back to flex that really outproduces – um you know, what what the previous notion of him being able to produce was. So, yeah, he's a guy with a lot of upside. My tier will run starting with Javante Williams at 27th, James Robinson at 28th, Devin Singletary from Buffalo at 29th, Daryl Henderson from the L.A. Rams at 30th, uh, 31st, Travis Etienne, or I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I, don't really I think it's Etienne. Etienne. I'm not sure either, man. Whatever. We'll look it up, man. We'll have it ready for the 32, Damian Harris. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. 33, Melvin Gordon. 34, Michael Carter. And actually, that's incorrect. It ends with uh, Melvin Gordon. Sorry about that. Michael Carter's in my next tier. Who I want to highlight is uh, James Robinson. And you notice just a few spots below him is the rookie that was drafted. I believe, once again, this is a um, Gordon Gordon uh, slash Williams type of thing that's going to happen here. James Robinson is going to start off probably as the running back one, getting the majority of the carries, and then it will slowly transition if if. Etienne catches on, slowly transition to kind of him having the role. But I feel like Robinson proved enough and ran hard enough that rookie season that he's going to at least get some carries regardless. So I, I see his floor maybe something like, you know, a 1,000 total with maybe four to five touchdowns, maybe six. So, I mean, that's still giving you, uh, and I foresee that happening earlier in the season. 
and kind of tailing off as the season goes. So if he's somebody, so he's an earlier player. Yeah. So if 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 let's say you draft a Saquon Barkley, maybe James Robinson is a value guy you can pick up later and start as your running back too. As or a Javante Williams or one younger guys. One. Just an idea. But uh, I do like James Robinson, especially for the early part of the season. And, um, but yeah, that's that's really about all I have to say about that tier. So we'll slide into our next one. And, JJ, how do you got it looking? I got um, Chase Edmonds at 28. I got Zach Moss from at 29. Uh, ETN at 30. Ronald Jones, 31. Michael Carter, 32. Trey Sermon from San Francisco, 33. All right. And um, I'm going to talk just uh, about Zach Moss. Um, Moss was a rookie last year. He came in. Um, he had a chance to be the number one overall guy. I think he got hurt. Um, Singletary took over. He fumbled. It was basically going back and forth. They ended up, Buffalo ended up passing the ball a ton. We all know that. Um, I think this year, I think they're, uh, the identity of that team, I think they uh, McDermott wants to run the ball more. They want they want to be. It's a cold weather team. They want to be more disciplined. They want to be able to pound teams down. I think Moss is built for that. He's the bigger kind of back. He's a guy they're going to want to use around the goal line. I don't think they want Josh Allen to keep taking these sneaks, man, down around the goal line. They're getting ready to give this guy a mega contract. I don't foresee him running the ball so much around the goal line. I think he's going to. There's a reasonable um, opportunity for him to get goal line carries and to be the number one overall back i think he has a chance to be a workhorse back i think he's one of the few less guys last guys that have that potential to be a workhorse back that you can get this late so that's why i have him ranked at 20 yes he has the potential i have him ranked a little bit lower but um or i'm I'm not even sure honestly if i have him ranked that much lower let me check yeah no i have him ranked lower but my main problem is it just seems like Devin Singletary's always hanging around. The guy won't go away. If um if if he's around, you know, it's 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 a real damper on, on what Moss may be able to do because he's he's been a siphon, it seems like the whole time. I, I I'm hoping that Moss asserts himself and, and claims and if so he's the much better play. But Singletary is just that scrappy player that just keeps finding his way onto the field. And that's the only problem that I have with Moss. Once again, though, this could very easily be something like we just talked about where as the season progresses, Moss clearly takes the role if he stays healthy. Right. So, I, th- that's the big caveat. So I could, I'm probably totally wrong on him. But. Yeah, my only thing, Singletary is I just feel like the coaching staff doesn't. We'll, we're gonna find out this year. He just always hangs around. He's just always. I just want to be the coaching staff. I don't know why. I don't know why. He just always hangs. I mean, around. he's not a great receiver. I hope he doesn't hang around. I don't want him to. I would love to, you know. And then there's another back that you get a lot of value out of with Moss. All right. Um, my next tier. It's a little bit shorter. It's a little bit abbreviated because then we get into some backups and actually there's Zach Moss in the next tier after this. But um, I have 34th Michael Carter, 35th A.J. Dillon, 36th James Conner. And that's really just a short tier for me. Uh, I'll leave it at that. 
And the guy I want to talk about is Michael Carter. Uh, he is the rookie running back for the New York Jets. And they're not going to be great. But there's enough of a role there for Carter to carve out something that could easily pass for running back three flex. Maybe like a weekly stream type of bi-week replacement. He could fill enough of a role where, you know, he could give you those, you know, 10 to 14 fantasy points on an off week just by sheer volume. Yeah, uh, I think he's he's going to be the RB1 there. They do have a lot of bodies in there, but that's a new coaching staff. They do that all the time, man. They want to create competition. They're doing it in Philly right now. Sirianni's got like seven running backs right now. So we got Boston Scott and all them. But anyway... <laughs> So who do you have in your next tier? All right, uh, starting with uh, James Robinson at 34, Jamal Williams at 35, 36, uh, Melvin Gordon, 37, Kenyon Drake, 38, Philip Lindsay, 39, Gus Edwards, and 40, Latavius Murray. Pretty big tier. These guys are all like... Uh, in, in timeshares at this point. Um, uh, Highland like, handcuffs. Yeah, I like Philip Lindsay a lot. I think that he's the best pure runner in Houston. They still got David Johnson, but David Johnson. He's Lindsay's another one of those annoying guys that hangs around. But Philip Lindsay is also a very good pure runner. Um, he's maybe not the best he's receiver. Always hanging out, lurking, always lingering. But I also feel like David Johnson is uh, cooked, and he was brought in by another regime. So I think it's Call all bets are off. If man, at this point we're thirty eight. Where are we at in running backs? We're taking dart shots. Lindsay, I like Lindsay, Lindsay a lot, dude. Lindsay had two thousand yard seasons to start his career, dude. So the linger. <laughs> also, Jamal Williams. I like Jamal Williams a lot too. He's um. He's had a track record. He can catch the ball good. He comes coming from Green Bay. He's Detroit now. They got Deuce Staley as his positional coach. Um, I think that he's going to siphon some carries from uh, Swift. I think he's going to be probably the, your one, your first, second down banger. And he can catch the ball too. So I think he's going to see the field more than us in the fantasy world probably want him to. And for that reason, I think that he's a value uh, down there when you get into the mid-30s early 40s in your uh, draft. Your All running right. backs, anyway, running back there. For my bag of turned here, it will be... I, let's just, let's just, uh, let me um emphasize the fact that I personally don't hate players. I just don't I, like I their don't, values. I don't hate players either. I'm just saying. At There's, this point, at this point, this is why we right. tell you to draft running backs early because yeah, it's a dumpster fire. So I'm not fire. actually hating on any players. I'm just You're not going to get a lot of week-to-week value here. I'm not going to sit here and ignore the fact that this is not the primo <laughs> crop. <laughs> but they could be. They're an injury away. Sometimes, too. And their names are 37, Tony Pollard, <laughs> 38, Zach Moss, who actually has a very high ceiling, so we'll number 40 when we get to him, 39, Latavius Murray, and 40th, Trey Sermon. Now, basically, any of these four players are... Zach Moss is probably the only one that could work his way, and maybe Trey Sermon could work their way into the starting lineup. Pollard and Murray are probably going to have to injure their way into it. Murray may get some some uh, rushing carries, you know, just because Kamara is not, you know, a, a first and foremost rusher. 
But uh, basically, Pollard is a high-end handcuff, as is Murray, I feel like. And if either Sermon or Moss break through, I mean, watch out. They're, they're coming for a, a top-20 campaign. Yeah, Murray, so, Murray has a track record of when Kamara's been heard of being a top five yeah, fantasy. Yeah, so I mean, and Pollard is the same. I mean, he also will turn in great performing because it's it's mm. a guaranteed workload and a, mm. and a and a semi well for Dallas a very potent offense and for New Orleans with the makings of a potent offense. So, um, and that's as, that's my last four, and I call that my bag of turds here, and I don't mean that as any disrespect. It's just the lowest end of the barrel right now as far as my rankings go. But like I said, injury away from top 20, top 10. I will want to touch on Murray just a little bit more. Um, I think the way the offense is going to be constructed, I think he's going to get more work than he ever has before. I think he maybe could get, you know, 180, maybe even 200 carries this year, only because I think they're going to be running the crap out of the ball in New Orleans. I think they're still going to feature Kamara as a receiver, but I think Murray's going to get that behind the tackles work, and I think he gets some goal line work. I, I think he could very return his value at 42. And Bernard at 40. I have Bernard at 41. I think he could be James White. The, uh, the James White South, if you will, uh, for Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady wanted this guy here. I think they targeted a back. I don't think they had issues with that last year, and I think Bernard solves that issues, and I think that he's going to have some big games too. So that'll – I mean, do you have another tier? I mean, yeah. I mean, I can run – I mean, I don't really have – uh, no, that's pretty much all I have, yeah. Uh, Bernard, I mean, I got Hines at 42, Coleman at 43, Pollard at 44, Penny at 45, David Johnson 46, Damian Williams from the Bears, another guy to keep an eye on if something happens to Montgomery. And also, you know how Matt Knight and Aggie is obsessed with being, you know, Kansas City, whatever, North or whatever. So, you know, watch out. Damian Williams was a Mr. Super Bowl MVP, so watch for him. Boston Scott, now I did... I will say his name too. Um, they're saying that the way in camp he's running, Boston Scott's running with the ones. He could be more of a 50 50 split than we know of. I'm not saying that that's even likely, but I'm saying it could happen. And then if that does, could Boston Scott Something returns value. Out. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty much it. So that'll about wrap up our running back yep. rankings. The uh, basic emphasis we'd like to say again is. Uh, for the most part, you're going to want to get them early and uh, get them often. Try to get a couple of them, maybe even get three of them if you can. And uh, emphasize the receiving guys that have receiving value over the ones who do not because those guys have a better chance of being on the field more. And you get that added carries, you don't get half a point or a full point with receptions, receptions you do. And like I said, be on the field more. And. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't be afraid for in the later rounds to, you know, th throw a Hail Mary down, especially, yeah. you know, or if you have a high-end back like a Kamara or a uh, Elliott. Don't be afraid tool. to even pull the trigger because you know what you're cementing there is you're cementing that you have that back from that offense. And in Elliott or Pollard's case, or Kamara Murray, I mean, you're you're having that's a team that's going to run the crap yeah. out of it. I think the Saints are going to run the dull crap out of the ball. So, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up, guys. It was a pleasure. We'll see you next for the wide receiver we'll see tier. You for our wide receiver positional breakdown coming next. All right, you guys, take it easy. Have a good one.
Hello guys, and welcome to the Super Smith Bros. Fantasy Show. I'm JJ, and I'm here with my brother and co-host... Tron, don't you dare touch my pineapple. Greetings, everyone. And today we'll be doing our wide receiver breakdown. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to go over our top 10 rankings. I mean, our top wide receiver rankings. We're going to break them down in tiers for you guys. And uh, we'll highlight a player or two that we either like, most of the time that we like. If we really don't like a player or their ADP, then we'll uh, highlight that for you as well. That's pretty much it. And, um, like, um, Tron, we do want to touch just briefly on um, draft strategy. With wide receivers as a whole, we feel like it's a really deep position. Um, and there's no reason to go early on them. Um, first three rounds, you can go probably go running back, running back, tight end, running back, running back, running back, or, you know. You want to get a running back. Two of them in the top. Two of the top... 14, figure out what that it's top positional tier is. scarcity. And the fact that you're probably, yeah. Yep. All right, so let's roll right into it. We won't keep you guys waiting with bated breath any longer. All right, my first tier. Number one, overall, Devontae Adams, who I think is going to have a gangbuster season with Aaron Rodgers safely in the nest. Number two, Stephon Diggs from Buffalo. Number three, Tyree Kill from Kansas City. Number four, Calvin the Red Ridley from Atlanta. And number five, rounding out my first tier, is DeAndre, I call him Nuck, not Nuke, Hopkins. You from, are in the minority, but I, I like don't that. care. I Knuckle actually like up. that, drunk. Yeah, from Arizona. Your first tier, JJ. Go ahead. Same guys, slightly different order. I got Devontae Adams from the cold, cold Green Bay. Tyreek Hill, fastest lightning from Kansas City. Stephon Diggs. DeAndre Nuke Hopkins. And then Calvin Ridley from Atlanta. Now, JJ, who would you like to highlight out of that top tier of yours? I'm going to do Calvin Ridley from Atlanta. All right. He started 15 games, and uh, he finished tied for fifth in yards, six in yards per target at 9.6. First in 100-yard games with eight of them, and he scored nine touchdowns. He led receivers in dot at 14.6 and air yards, proving he's looked at as a downfield threat. Um, he also averaged 11.3 targets a game when Julio was out, and to give you some kind of context, Devontae led the league with 10.6 targets per game. Calvin. The only possible downside he has is with the new coach, they may run a little more, but he's used so much in the red zone, even as a rookie. I think he caught 10 TDs as a rookie. I just think he's going to be used so much in the red zone that any kind of like volume and targets he might lose, he's going to pick them back up in the efficiency of them. Corn, you have anything to add? I like Ridley. I like him a lot. Brian, uh, Matty Ice has a, and this is not the first time we'll mention this, he has a propensity to throw to his wide receiver one. I mean, it, just look at previous years. The guy does it. I mean, and you heard with Julio Jones out of the lineup, the type of workload that Ridley was getting. I like Ridley a lot. Honestly, I don't have a, uh, too much negative to say about him. Um, you know, he's he gets banged and bruised, but he doesn't really miss games too often. He's only missed a handful in the past three years. So, 
pretty solid, pretty steady, and I think he's he's going to have a great season. The guy that I would like to highlight out of my top tier is uh, Stefan Digging in them guts, Diggs. And um, I really like Stefan Diggs. Not a lot of people are as high on him as I am. Some even slot him as the number one receiver. I don't quite agree with that. I think Devontae Adams definitely takes that on, on touchdown potential alone. But uh, Stephon Diggs has, has proven that he can, you know, run just about every route, make just about every type of catch. Josh Allen has a lot of trust in him. He had a banner year last year, so you might see a slight regression in yardage to around the 1350, 1450 mark, something like that. But I, honestly, I'm seeing a, an uptick of a touchdown or two, so maybe that can kind of buoy his stock. So, you know, uh, conservative estimates anywhere from 13 to 1400 yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns for me. And that's uh, uh, that's that's kind of like how I view his his floor. So with with that being his floor and with the potential to go a little bit higher, because Josh Allen, I mean, he couldn't he could really tap onto him just a little bit harder in the uh, red zone, maybe save his legs and his body a little bit. Uh, I, I, I see him as a number two receiver. He's the focal point of that offense. JJ, do you have anything to add on Diggs? I know you had some dissenting opinions. I have him ranked as my number three wide receiver, so I definitely um he's play the play the devil's advocate. But I will him. say this: he's never had 166 targets. I think the year before he had like 90 some targets. I just he's never seen this usage on this level. He's a he's a smaller guy. I do think he's an impeccable root runner. I have him ranked as my number three wide receiver, so I don't really have a whole lot of dissent. Other than he's, I don't think he's ever going to hit double digit touchdowns. So that's also an issue. But well, to quote Angels in the nine, Outfield. I think nine was his career high. To quote Angels in the Outfield, I think you're JJ, looking at a career year. It was an outlier. It could happen. Yeah. I don't know about now. I feel it could be more I have him ranked as my number three wide receiver, so obviously. But I just don't think it's going to be – he's going to have 1,600 yards again. No, I, mean, I don't think, I think he's going to have 1,600 maybe yards Maybe 1,350 and like seven is probably a more likely. Yeah, see, I just have him – That pushes I just him have down him the board. Just getting a bit. couple more touchdowns than you. So that's basically the main sticking point. We're well, just splitting hairs right. at this point. We're moving into the second tier, JJ. Who do you have? Um, second tier, I have starting out DK Metcalf. Then I have Justin Jefferson, seven, Keenan Allen, eight, and AJ Brown, nine ski. For my second tier, I have DK Metcalf from Seattle, Justin Jeffy Jefferson from Minnesota, AJ Badman Brown from Tennessee. And Terry McLaurin, McFlooring, yeah, from Washington football team. I still love that name. Uh, JJ, who would you like to highlight from your first, I mean, from your second tier wide receivers? Good old trusty Keenan Allen, man. I'll tell you what, nothing gets, nothing is more trusty than old Keenan Allen the last few years. Averaging 148 targets. And with Joe Lombardi coming from New Orleans, I see that he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be uh, a Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas type yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. I predict even more targets. I think he's got 160, 170 target uh, ceiling. 
He's going to give you a high weekly floor. He's probably the safest of all the top 10 wide receivers. He's a good anchor. You know, if you miss out on that top tier, if you're drafting the fourth or fifth round, he's a good anchor one. If you decide to go and pick a couple later round guys, which is there's nothing wrong with that strategy. He had an almost 30% target share with Justin Herbert under quarterback. Justin Herbert just locks on to this guy. So even if you don't believe Herbert's going to have a good year, I still think Keenan Allen can have a good year. He's um, in a PPR league. In the last four years, he's had at least 97 catches. So, I mean, dude, just lock the guy in for 100 catches, like 1,100 yards, ATDs, and sit back and, and count the points Enjoy the results. Week. Yeah, I mean, he even he was injured. He had that injured label earlier in his career, but he's even shaken that the last three years. I think he's missed two games. So, you have anything to add? The only thing I want to add is that uh, you'll hear a lot about injury risk and oh, I will of, say this. a lot of publications. Go ahead. I'm just sorry. His ADP overall is 28, and he's a wide receiver 9. Sorry, I just forgot to add that at the beginning. Sorry, Tron, did not mean to interrupt. No worries. Um, back to what I was saying, you'll hear the word and the, the term injury risk thrown around a lot. Well, I mean, you, you need look no further than this guy when you want to go to debunk that. This guy and Priest Holmes are two guys I always kind of hold out as examples of, you know, oh, yeah, these guys were, they were deemed big injury risks. They were deemed as, well, Ken Allen has been pretty much spectacularly healthy for the past three seasons. You go back a few more seasons, and he was labeled a constant injury risk. He had missed a few seasons. He had gone out early in one. He had been hobbled in another. And he was labeled as an injury risk, you know, as a draft with caution, blah, blah, blah. Well, now he's turned in three seasons of almost completely full health. So whenever there's an injury risk or anything, unless it's a catastrophic injury and they're coming off and it's going to affect the return to the field, I mean, I'm not saying completely ignore it, but you can downgrade how much it influences your decision. Absolutely. Do we hit value all the time in drafts, injury guys? Uh, Dalvin yeah, Cook. Yeah, let, let other people sit out. Sit years, like Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's guys that... Let really... other people sit out and, and, and you know... We'll be lucky to take him at the at yeah. the lower ADP. Omari Cooper's reminding me a lot of that. Even though he's starting to move back up, when he's healthy, man, he's like a top eight receiver. All right, we're getting a little sidetracked, but anyway, so worries. Uh, the guy I want to highlight is um Terry McFlorin McLaurin from the Washington Football Team. His ADP is 32, and he's getting drafted as a wide receiver 10. So depending on how many teams are in your league, we're talking third, fourth round, something like that. I'd, I'd say that's about right. Um, he's, a, he's a solid wide receiver one. I think his floor may be a little bit lower than the other guys because it is Washington football team, but I think his ceiling could be very high. He's got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who tends to lock on to receivers, and he fits the mold of the type of receiver that he likes to lock on to. And he's building off a good rookie season. No, not rookie. He's building off a good sophomore season where he had over 1,100 yards, only four touchdowns, but I looked at the bounce back to around where he was at his rookie season when he had seven so look for anywhere, you know, 11 to 12, 50 yardage, and I'd say anywhere between 8 to 10 touchdowns. He's, he's going to get a lot of work funneled to him, I believe, and I, I think I have him conservatively ranked at 9. JJ, do you have anything to add? 
Um, no, I, I like McLaurin a lot. I think there's some uh, touchdown regression heading his way. Fitzpatrick locks, tends to lock on the guys. And like you said, man, I, I, I like McLaurin. He's coming into that third year. I think he's going to make another huge jump this year. And everybody's He's like, a oh, third-year butt breakout. Everybody's like, well, where is it going to come from? I was like, dude, watch Fitzpatrick just does it, dude. Like, it's like, it's Fitzmagic. They yeah, call it that for a it's reason. It's Fitzmagical. And people, he hasn't been that interception guy in like almost two years now. I mean, he is, he's like Tannehill, man. He's, he's given us plenty of tape. He's given us plenty of tape of being a good quarterback. We have to start accepting him as a good quarterback. All right. JJ, who do you got for your thirds here? Well, my third tier is going to start out with C.D. Lamb from Dallas. Then I have Terry McLaurin. That's scary Terry McLaurin from Washington, Washington football 11. team. Yep. Uh, number 12, Robert Woods. Um, number 13, Julio Jones. Number 14, Tyler Lockett. Number 15, Allen Robinson. And number 16, Deontay Johnson. For my third tier, it's a very big tier, and this is where we start to differ a little bit. I have Keenan Allen at number 10 from the L.A. Chargers, Allen Robinson at 11th, Robert Woods at 12th, Chris Godwin at 13th, C.D. Lamb at 14th, Julio Jones at 15th, Mike Evans at 16th, Cortland Sutton at 17th, Amari Cooper at 18th, and Cooper Cup at 19th. JJ, who would you like to highlight from your third tier? I, I like Deontay Johnson. I was I remember I used to start him a lot last year in daily fantasy. I've I've just been a fan of him. Uh he had 144 targets last year. He's entering his third year, like we said, with McLaurin, it clicks for a lot of guys, but I think that the drops thing, I think his concentration's going to better. I think he's really going to take that third step. You know what I mean? I think 1,200 yards is not out of the question. In 12 games, he played in full. He averaged 11.2 targets per game, and he was a number four fantasy wide receiver. So if he stays healthy, if he's on the field, if he can clean up these drops just a little bit, we're definitely talking about a guy who can get into the top five, and his ADP overall is 57. He's a wide receiver, 22 coming off the board, guys. Value. V value for days. It's kind of like bars. Yeah, bars. Value. Value. Value bars. I do prefer bars. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my tier, I want to highlight uh, holding Cortland Sutton. His ADP uh, is at 86, and he's being the 33rd wide receiver drafted. Um, wow. If I can get him as the 33rd wide receiver in, in, in my leagues, I'm going to be ecstatic. Uh, Denver's looking at a an, an ascending offense. Uh, I know there's quarterback questions, and that could significantly influence who sees the lion's share but either way, I think him, Jerry, Judy, and Noah Fant are all going to eat. It really depends on who you have coming out on top. Right now, I have Cortland Sutton with the slight edge over Jerry, Judy. Jerry, Judy's arguably the better route runner, but Sutton is the bigger guy. He's more of a deep threat, and I could see him being featured slightly more around the end zone. 
Uh, I really like Sutton. He's another injury. He's another buy low. Uh, enjoy it when they rise high. Because we're not. I'm not going to be selling this guy unless it's just the wheels completely fall off. And in that case, there's no selling. I'm just going to release him. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to more than outperform his ADP, uh, both overall and where he's being selected as a wide receiver. So... That's my two cents on Cortland Sutton. JJ, do you have anything to add? Yeah, just like you said, where he's going, where he's going, his ADP and his um, it's a great value. I mean, the thirty-third wide receiver, he's gonna outperform yeah, that. Yeah, he even could, it's, he no, could I go bolters and have a wide be, borderline wide receiver one season. He could. I'm not saying he will, well, but he it's there. Right out of that echelon, uh, two seasons ago. You know, I mean, his last healthy season, and I just, I think it does depend a little bit on what quarterback it is. But I think either way, I think he still has. He's a wide receiver too. Either way, I think he's going at his floor. We had him, we have him. Uh, I even have him at twenty four. I think that's even in the middle of him. But there, his ADP is at his floor right now. So I, yeah, I'm a high on value. Sutton at seventeen. Yeah. But I mean, just just so that's a, a you know a I'm not too far behind, whatever. Yeah. But you I'm know, not too I'm, far behind. Yeah, no, I'm just saying I'm higher than a lot of people. You're 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 high on him too. But you know, a lot of people don't don't like him because of the injury and they kind of they got amnesia and Jerry Judy showed up and. You know, it's all oh, where the target's going to come from. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, dude, they're going to come from exactly where they came from before. And with Judy being on the other side, it's going to free him up for higher quality looks. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, yeah, but I feel like all three are going to eat. Yeah, Bridgewater has proven to, um, he, with Curtis Samuel, uh, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, he... Enabled three. I think well, I don't I can't remember where Curtis Samuel to have serviceable but, years. Yeah, those both uh, Anderson and uh, Moore. I think were both top twenty-four wide receivers. Yeah, more than serviceable. So, so yeah, there we are on that. I I prefer Bridgewater. I hope Bridgewater gets the job sooner than later. But I think Locke's going to be the start. But I think Bridgewater will finish. All right, JJ. Who do you have going in your fourth tier? All right, fourth tier. Starting out, I have Chris Godwin. Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen. It's got me on my feelings. Mike Evans, and I messed up. I have Amari Cooper, 17. Chris Godwin, 18. Amari Cooper, 19. Adam Thielen, it's 20. It's got me on my feelings. <laughs> and Mike Evans, 21. All right, and in my fourth tier, like I said, that third one was a was a meaty one, dude. Um, no bones. Uh, number twenty, I have Tyler Lockett. Number twenty one, I have DJ. I want more. Number twenty two is Brandon. A yuck, yuck, yuck. From Ayukik. <laughs> number twenty three is Antonio Brown. Number 24 is Deontay Johnson. And number 25 is DJ Chark. Um, out of that tier, I just want to take a real quick look at uh, DJ Chark. His ADP is at 84, so right around Sutton's. And he's going as the 32nd wide receiver off the board. So him and Sutton are, are in, you know, similar territory. These are guys you could, you could get, you know, in back-to-back -back rounds and... 
and I'm I'm saying you've got two good receivers there, man. You know they could they could easily outperform their ADP. He's the uh, currently he's the top dog in Jacksonville wide receiver wise. He's going to be working with the best quarterback he's ever had and the rookie Trevor Lawrence. And I just think it's a return to form year where you know he gets back on course, has a thousand plus yards, and I think he could clock anywhere from six to ten touchdowns. His touchdowns could be all over the place. He's never been, you know, uh, 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 an uber-productive guy, but he did have that one good season, and he's the top dog, and we know he has talent. So I feel like he's going to bounce back in a big way. JJ, do you have anything to add on him, or do you just want to slide on to your player? Um, just real quickly with Shark, the season in 2019, he went for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns was with uh, Minshew. They didn't really have any other guys to throw the ball to. Uh, last year, they added LaVisca Chenault and a couple other guys. And I think he saw 53 for 70, 706 and five touchdowns. Now, um, I think his ceiling is a 2019 year. Not because of talent. I think he is the wide receiver one in this offense. But I think they added Marvin Jones, which has known and trying. You He's know, the guy... I want to touch on him later. He catches a ton of touchdowns, man. That's what he's known to do. And then you got LaVisca Chenault in his second year. This guy is, has got a prototypical wide receiver one like uh, profile. He's he's fast. He's big. Um, so I just feel like we don't know what the offense is going to look like. And when I'm using the guys that he's going around, he just has a little more risk attached to him than the other guys around him. Comparing him to his ADP. That's all. I, I don't hate players. Who do you like in your tier? Okay. Um, let's see. I am on... Oh, I have Cooper Cup. Last, last season, he fell off, no doubt. But he still had 124 targets. Um, he had 92 catches and 972 yards. He only had those three, Ds, three TDs. That's what killed us. But I think, though, with Matt Stafford on board, I think you're going to see way more efficient targets. I think, you know, the two, his 2019 season with golf, he had 1,100 yards and 10 TDs. I think that's going to be his floor this year. Him and Woods are going to both see more targets. I mean, I, I'm seeing 150, 160. I mean, we don't know how this guy, Stafford could drop back 600 times this year. McVay is just... Think of what Rodgers did last year. I think you're looking at a similar output this year. I just think that Matt Stafford has a chip on his shoulder and they have stuff to prove. And also, Cooper Gubb throughout his career has proved to be like a third down, a safety valve for his quarterback. He has the second highest grade on third down of any receiver since 2019. And guess who number one is? Devontae. Just for context. You got anything to add on Cooper? I have nothing to add on Cup other than there's a lot of miles to feed, but Matt Stafford has proven he can do it. <sighs> All right. He's like a soup kitchen mama. He sure is. Moving right along into the next tier. At 26, I've got Debo. Put your chain away, Samuel. Uh, 27 is Juju Smith-Schuster. 28, Adam Thielen. 29, Chase Claypool. 30th, Brandon Cooks. 
31st, Tyler Boyd, and 32nd, Kenny Galladay. I think you're like a tier ahead of me. No, I had that huge tier that had nine players. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so I just have a much larger tier. Roger that. I mean, if you got to have no, a... No, that's fair. No, that's fair. It's all good. I'm moving. That's cool. No, I'm not. Go ahead. What's your tier, Josh? Hey, all right, I have starting uh, DJ Moore, 22. Corlin Sutton, 23. There he is. 24, Brandon Ayuk. Pretty uh, similar on that. 25, Odell Beckham. 26, T. Higgins. 27, Chase Claypool. And 28, Devonta Smith. And there, I kind of launched into a big tier because I, I like that's we're starting to get to the part of the draft where I'm I'm lumping a lot of these guys together because I like a lot of them the same. You know what I mean? It's even hard for me to separate them, but I, I did the best I could. I will talk about the receiver I like out of that tier, uh, Brandon Cooks. I know he's at the lower end, but um. He proved last year he was more than serviceable, and I know that was with a Deshaun Watson operating under center. But uh, I really feel like he's the top receiver in that offense. He's the wide receiver one. Um, you know, he is kind of his ceiling is capped a little bit by the uncertainty at the quarterback position. But, you know, where where he's going, his ADP is 104. He's the 40th wide receiver taken. It's not inconceivable for him to end up in the top 25 receivers. He could easily have 1,000 yards plus and five to seven touchdowns. So I like Brandon Cooks, especially for where he's being drafted. JJ, do you have anything to add on him, or would you like to just talk about your player? No, nothing. I, I like Cooks' is good value. All right, I'm going to talk about uh, T. Higgins. Um, T. Higgins' is overall ADP is at 74 and half-point PPR. He's the wide receiver 29, which for me is crazy value. Um, just give you an idea of some of the guys that are going around him. Um, got Chase Claypool, Ronald Jones, Tom Brady, Melvin Gordon, uh, Noah Fant, Leonard Fournette. So, I mean, I, I would definitely take him probably over all of those guys. Yeah, him and Claypool will be tough, but I'll probably take him over Claypool. All right. Um, he has double-digit touchdown upside. He's he's used in the red zone. He averaged 13.6 yards per catch last year, uh, 8.4 yards per target. He accounted for 27% of the Bengals' air yards last year. Uh, he had seven top 30 finishes, but he never finished no higher than ninth. He played 81% snaps and had a 20 percent target share uh everyone's worried about jamar chase coming um in and stealing work i think he's just gonna take the targets that aj green vacated and i think overall he's gonna be a boon to the offense he's gonna pull more you know looks away from him. i think higgins in his second year i think he's in for an explosion i mean if you can't get cd lamb earlier try to get some exposure to these second year guys that i think are really gonna break out t higgins jerry judy a little bit later i'm gonna touch on him um chase claypool even uh and um i will just uh mike tomlin actually came out and said they stopped they Stop. They wanted him to hit the rookie wall last year, so they stopped using him as much. Like, I don't understand that. But anyway, I'm glad to see when they've been fully unleashed. Anyway. I don't have anything to add. We can move right along if you're ready. All right, go ahead. 
My next tier, I've got, I don't know if I included him, but I'll just say it now. 31, Tyler Boyd. 32, Kenny Galladay. 33, T. Higgins. 34, Jamar Chase. So as you can see, I've grouped these Cincinnati receivers pretty close. I just don't know what to make of it, to be honest. Odell Beckham at 35. And at 36, Marquise Brown. 37, Robbie Anderson. And at 38, Jerry Judy. Um, the guy I want to look at is probably, uh, I'm going to highlight two real quick. It's going to be Robbie Anderson and Kenny Galladay. Uh, Robbie Anderson's ADP is 85. He's going as the 34th wide receiver taken so it's actually a little bit uh, higher than i have him i i like robbie Anderson. the industry's high on robbie yeah i mean i, I feel like he's established himself as a viable receiver Absolutely. and i feel like he's got a pretty solid floor and a decent ceiling not as high as other guys um a guy that's been rising up my rankings has been kenny galladay I'm interested to see what he can do with Danny Jones. Uh, if if there was a proven connection of any kind, he would be about 10 spots higher. But, um, I mean, he's in a new environment. Saquon coming back healthy is going to help Danny Jones a lot, and it's going to help that offense as a whole. I'm really hoping he can have a return to form when he was, uh, you know, really killing him in Detroit. He can take that over to New York. Um, you have anything to add on either of them? I just, the only thing with, I just have something slight with Galladay is he does have an injury currently in camp. I don't think it's supposed to stretch to the regular season. Um, and with him, I just worry about Daniel Jones being able to get it. He's not really the kind of guy who throws into those contested catch by receivers. But I, the player I love, I love Galladay. That's all I have. And the player I love, Kenny Galladay. We've owned him before. I love Kenny Galladay. So anyway, that's it. All right. Who would you like to touch on in your tier? Um, my tier is going to start with Devonta Smith at 28. I think I accidentally lumped him in the last tier. He's the beginning of this tier. Then I have 29, Jamar Chase, 30, Brandon Cooks, 31, McCole Hardman, 32, Antonio Brown, and 33, Tyler Boyd. So just like Tron, I had those guys pretty close together. Um, I'm going to just touch on Devonta Smith really quick. He has an overall ADP of 88, uh, which is the wide receiver 32. And uh, guys going around him is uh, Robbie Anderson, who uh, Tron just talked about, and Cortland Sutton. And that's crazy. Cortland Sutton is going around Devonta Smith, uh, Debo Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Matt Stafford, and Jerry Judy. I definitely think Cortland Sutton is in another tier or two above that. That's crazy. There's huge value at Court, Cortland Sutton. Touching back on that real quick. All right. Um, Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. Played in the SEC, which is like the minor leagues for uh, professional football, and he dominated it. 117 catches, 1,856 yards, and 23 touchdowns. I think he falls into 120 targets as a lead receiver in the Eagles offense. He played with Hurts at Alabama. He played his best in big games. On the playoff run, he had 30, which is three games, he had 34 catches for 519 yards and eight touchdowns. His only knock has been his size, but he reminds me of like a Marvin Harrison. He's very smooth. 
I think him and Jalen Hurts are going to get on the same page. And uh, Sirianni is going to find ways to scheme this guy open. And I think he's going to make a lot of big plays. I think he's going to... He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I'm an Eagles homer. I'm a Devonta Smith homer. You can write it down. I think he's going to have a monster year. Alrighty. I, I don't have anything to add. I like uh, Jalen Rager. But, I mean, I could definitely see Devontae Smith, you know, coming out, shooting out of the gate fast. He could easily overtake Rager in no time. He also has the MCL sprain, too, but he's going to, I think he'll be ready for, for uh, week one also. All right, moving into my next tier, I have, I'm a little bit ahead of JJ just because I've had two large tiers, but uh, I have 39, Cole Beasley, number 40, Jalen Rager, 41, Mike Williams, 42, Jalen Waddell, 43, Marvin Jones, and 44, McCole Hardman. I would like to look at two guys just very briefly at the top of that tier. It's Cole Beasley and Jalen Rager. Uh, I think Rager could be the uh, hot start guy. He could start off a little hotter than Smith. Smith could uh, quickly gain momentum and overtake him. But I, I, I like Rager right now. He's he's just had a little more time in the system to learn it. And I feel like he could give you early returns. Maybe you could ship him for a uh, you know a trade you know midseason or something. Cole Beasley is uh, vastly underrated. I feel like he could uh, outperform his ADP, as well as uh, Jalen Reger, his AD, Jalen Reger's ADP is at 221, the 76 wide receiver. He's essentially a free, free. agent guy. Yeah, he's free. he's free. So, I mean, he's just probably Watch a guy you want to keep an eye continue on. Continue to monitor the preseason and stuff. Yeah. The guy's got a, kid's got a lot of talent. I just, yep. just got to put it together, and we're hoping it's going to happen. And uh, Jalen Waddle out of Miami, I also do like. I love Waddle, too. Do you have anything to add? Uh, no, that's it, man. You, you killed it. All right, uh, your next tier, JJ, and who would you like? All right, um, my next tier is going to start with Mike Williams uh, at 34, Robbie Anderson at 35, Jerry Judy at 36, and uh, Jalen Waddle at 37. We both love Waddle. All right, uh, Jerry Judy is who I'm going to touch on. His ADP is 91 overall. He's a wide receiver, 36, so right around, right where I have him. Uh, rank that's kind of weird, but inside the top hundred that makes sense. He's going around Devonta Smith, uh, Stafford and Tannehill, Trey Sermon and Zach Moss, which are two running backs I really like. Also, um, he ranked twenty-first among wide receivers with a hundred and twelve targets. So he got targeted a lot his rookie year. He ranked eighth at average depth of target at fourteen point five. He had eighth highest of balls thrown his way. 25%. He's second lowest catchable target rate at 58%. He had the 12 drops, was the second most in the league, but I feel like that's baked into his ADP at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, Bridgewater is obviously the guy who we want uh, for him because it's more of a precision type guy, but I, I think Jerry Judy is a ceiling play. As you get later in the drafts, you don't, you're not really worried about floor so much as ceilings. You want guys who pack you know, wide receiver two or up ceilings, man, and just try to, like, grab three or four of them, man, package them together, and, you know, statistically, at least one of them's going to pop, probably two, if you know what you're doing, or if you're listening to us. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really don't have anything to okay, add to that. Okay, well, then I'll go ahead and run down the rest of my players. Go I've ahead. got a couple more guys to touch on. 
Um, and I'll run down the rest of my guys. I have uh, two more tiers. Starting with, I have DJ Shark at 38. I have Curtis Samuel at 39. I have Michael Gallup at 40. I have Juju Smith-Schuster at 41. I have Kenny Galladay at 42. And I have Jarvis Landry at 43. And that ends that tier. And in that tier, I... Oh, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, I'll touch on in that tier. And Michael Gallup, his ADP is 128 or the wide receiver 49. Wow. Yeah. So you're getting them around Henry Ruggs, Corey Davis, Devontae Parker, and Darnell Mooney. Yeah, sign me up. He's a deep threat in a top three offense. One he's, injury away from being yeah. extremely relevant. And he's a deep threat in a top three. He's averaged 109 targets the last two years. He's in a contract year. He averaged 70 yards per game and 20.4 yards per catch with Prescott starting last year. He's the cheapest of the big three. So if you miss out on Lamb or Cooper, you can get Gallup way later, man. Like 120 picks, uh, just a lot later, man. He's a way to get exposure to, you know, that elite offense. All right, so that's all I have. you have anything to add about Michael Gallup? No, I really like Michael Gallup. And um, like I said, with Cooper coming in a little banged up and CD Lamb, we're not. We're I not didn't quite, even think about that. We're not quite sure. I mean, it could easily, you know, uh, a tweak here, a tweak there. Gallup's a wide receiver too, and an extremely potent offense. So he's going to outperform mm. that ADP. And he's also going into that golden third year, I believe. Third year so. and a contract year. Yeah. So we're talking money. It's put up or shut up time. All right. And uh, then my last tier is yeah, going to be. No, you're good, dude. My last tier is Michael Thomas, the injured Michael Thomas at 44, Marvin Jones at 45, Cole Beasley at 46, Randall Cobb, who just got traded to Green Bay, 47, Darnell Mooney, Chicago, 48, 49, Sterling Shepard, and Henry Ruggs coming in at 50. And I'm just going to touch on Marvin Jones here really quickly. His ADP is at 143. He's a wide receiver, 55 off the board, guys. And let's give you an idea. DJ Shark, uh, ADP is 84. He has a wide receiver 31. LaVisca Chenault, his ADP is 118. His Or the wide receiver 43. So, you can get Marvin Jones. He might be the top receiver out of all of them. And Mike you're getting him just inside the top 150. He has scored 9 TDs in 3 of the last 4 years. He's never finished lower than 20th in end zone targets or no lower than 25th an average depth of target in that same span. He has the same offensive coordinator, coordinator Daryl Bevel, that he had in Detroit the last two years. He scored 51 touchdowns in 88 career games. He's had 19 catches of 20-plus yards last year, tied for 8th on 115 targets. Just like with Gallup, you're getting the cheapest of the trio, but Jones has the ceiling of being the best, which I don't think Gallup does unless you're talking about multiple injuries. I think Jones can be the best without any injuries. And, uh, that's a, that's all we got for top 50. Solid yeah. points. My last five are Jarvis Landry, uh, Michael Thomas at 46, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, and Tyrell Williams. Ooh. And, yeah, sleep. The Anthony there. Lynn connection with Detroit. I like In it. Detroit, yeah. I like he's, it, Tron. He's, he's a late second he's a late second addition. 
But, uh, yes, yeah, so that rounds out our both of our top 50 receivers. We hope you guys enjoyed. We hope it was informative. Uh, we will have tight ends coming for you shortly. And then we will be getting into what will be our season-long format, along with some other treats and tricks. So stay tuned, guys. Come on! This has been Tron. And JJ. And, um, yeah, don't touch my fucking pineapples. Leave it the fuck alone, man. Don't fucking do it. <laughs>